without the processes, without the skill set, without the action that's being taken, marketing doesn't matter if you don't have the skill set and the process behind it. Hey, Matt Smith here, all or nothing in real estate. I did a webinar recently and had over 100 participants that was great content. So great, in fact, that I decided I wanted to share it with you guys on this podcast platform. So tune in. You're going to love what you hear. It's about how to not just survive a shifting market, but more importantly, how to thrive. So stay tuned. Some great stuff. Let's just jump in. You, uh, This was your idea. You wanted to do this to provide value not only to your team, your agents, but share with others. Um, you said uh, there's a shift coming. It's already here for some markets. Um, let's start with a little bit about why uh, why you wanted to do this webinar and what you hope to give people slash get out of this webinar. Yeah. So just as a new team owner, um, I'm always trying to stay ahead of what's happening in the market, of course, just like I'm sure other team owners are. And we've started recognizing signs of shift in our market. but as team owners, I think we recognize it before the agents um, recognize it just by certain signs. And so um, we've been training a lot in um, our team meetings about how just, you know, the, the buyers that we're still seeing like the multiple offers in our market, we're still seeing the buyer frenzy. But I think it's important to recognize that those are not new buyers that I feel like we're experiencing that with. Um, I think it's more of like the buyers that we've been working with. And so, you know, that was when, when we, when I started thinking about that and just keeping up with the market, seeing the properties come back on the market, seeing the price reductions come, you know, happening in the market. Um, I just started thinking it would be good to have a chat with other team owners to just see like how they're preparing their teams to be successful in the market shift when it does happen, just to kind of get ahead of it. 1000%. And it's, I mean, I think every market's different, right? Every real estate always has been and always will be a local business. Um, but on a national scale, I mean, it's the signs are everywhere. And so um, you made a couple of great points there that it's our responsibility as team leaders to be out in front of change and to work ahead instead of behind and, and not chase our tails, so to speak. Um, so I'd be interested to hear those of you that are here. We've got quite a few people who hopped on already. Those of you that are here, if you don't mind, put it in the chat. Um, what's something, what's a takeaway that you want to get from, from this webinar today? We want to give you guys what you want to hear. Um, so if you guys don't mind in the chat, pop in there with a question that you have, some a challenge you're facing, something that has to do with market shift that you would like for us to answer today. Leah, let's just, let's just dive right in. So what is a market shift and how do I, we identify one in our market? Uh, I think it's important to note first and foremost that shifts happen, right? It's not it's not, oh, the sky is not falling. It's the market isn't crashing. It's a shift. It's an adjustment. Just like everything in the world, it adjusts when times change, right? And so um, the market's just adjusting and shifting and it happens all the time. What I think why people are freaking out this time is because they're coming off of the crash of 08. This is not 08. So many different differences. And we may break some of those down here today. Um, but it's also important that Real estate shifts always happen. This is normal. It's a normal cycle. Um, and we just need to work to be in front of that. Um, what's up, Adam? What's going on in the world today? What's up, guys? Hey, you missed it, man. I said, but Adam, Adam's on time as usual. Busy always. man. Hard to, hard to track him down. Hey, so we just kind of jumped in, Adam. We got people popping in the chat um, asking some questions they want to get away, but um, we just kind of hit on what is a market shift and how do I how do we identify it in your market? So if you're a team leader listening, um, why don't we talk about 
what are some things that maybe you can look at to determine is my market shifting or is it trending towards a shift coming soon? Leah, you want to give us some pointers there that um, that you think maybe kind of determine what a shift is? Yeah. So in our market, um, we have started seeing, I know I just had a, a situation last week where I was under contract with a, a, a lead that I had been working probably for a year and they finally were, were ready to get out there and start putting offers in. Um, and they brought up to me the fact that they had started noticing more price reductions on the market and they felt like they had more room for negotiation on certain properties. And just them, for instance, they had started sending me properties that had been on the market for more days than what we had previously seen, um, you know, through COVID. And he started negotiating price on the property, which is interesting to see because we haven't really had that and negotiating price by maybe like 5,000 or whatever. We got under contract on one property that had been on the market for 11 days. We were able to get the price off of that particular property about 7,000. We got to the inspection. There were things, it was not a bad inspection report at all. Um, but he canceled during the inspection because the seller felt like they could go back on the market, get multiple offers and the buyer said, that's ridiculous in this market. You know, they were on the market already 11 days, whatever. So that that to me is a sign already that some of the, the leads that we are working with, um, they are recognizing also that we're having price reductions um, in the market. We're having more days on market. And if they see a property that's on the market for longer than a week, it's either something's wrong with the property or um, they feel like they have room to negotiate. And that that to me is one of the first signs. But the other thing there is that buyers are willing to cancel more quickly. This was not a terrible inspection, but, and we're back under contract this week on another property. So um, that right there to me signifies that, you know, we are starting to see that um, we, we do have a lot of price reductions happening in our market. Um, we have a lot of agents. We just trained on this in our, one of our team meetings last week that um, we have a lot of agents that are holding open houses and they're like, oh my God, get your offers in by Sunday because there's going to be multiple offers. And, you know, they're still in this frenzy, but then you pull the property back up and Tuesday, Wednesday, it's still on the market. And we're like, well, what happened to all these multiple offers? Sure. Um, and so that's just kind of what, what we're seeing in our market. And, um, you know, I feel like also what we're seeing, and I think it's important to recognize as, and for agents, especially um, leads cannot be worked the same way that they were worked before, because now with the leads, what we're starting to see is they're on the fence a little bit more. Um, they're, they're not so quick to hop into a home. Um, you talk to them one day and, you know, you're having to follow up with them the next day to make sure that they actually got pre-approved with the lender or talk to a lender or whatever. And it's more of the, no, well, I, I might just wait. I don't really know what I'm doing, you know, but sure. before it was quick to get in the homes. So, well, I think it's important to note too, the market that we're coming off of is not normal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the market was so tilted and it was such a seller's market that yes, the market is shifting, but it needed to shift. It couldn't stay how it was. And so I think that's important to note too, as an agent and as a team leader, don't panic. It's going to shift. Shifts happen, right? It's part of the business, but I think this is a needed shift. Um, we got thrown another curveball with interest rates rising, but I mean, the market had was really easy and then it got challenging because now how do you find a buyer property, right? That was our challenge. Now the challenge is we're experiencing a lot of the same things you are, Leah. We have houses stay on the market a week, which is like, oh my God, that's crazy. Um, and then we have people, houses selling with under, under asking price or buyers are also getting cold feet because when they went under contract, they were at 4% interest. Now they're at five or 6%. 
And so it changes the dynamic. And so um, this, the goal of this webinar is to help team leaders, help agents get ahead of this so that you can coach your agents through this to make sure that you come out the other side um, ahead. I think it's important to note that anytime there's a shift, there's a change, your mindset matters and how you as a leader lead your people is important. And so it's a shift is not a bad thing. Don't hide it, embrace it and use that shift as an opportunity. Because if you're able to be out in front of that shift, be in front of that change in your market, then you are going to use that as an opportunity instead of an obstacle. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, a lot of agents that worked pre-COVID, they have an advantage because we already did the hustling to, um, you know, sell as many homes as we did pre-COVID. Um, and so I think that's really important as team owners, when you say there's an opportunity in the market, I don't under, I don't know if, if agents really understand what that means. That means, you know, you, like we talked about a little bit, um, a lot of agents are not equipped or have the, have the structure right now to manage their schedules. That's something that's probably going to have to be taught because you actually will have to time block for prospecting and, and following up with your people. And, you know, that has to be on your calendar now, whereas before we're just running at every chance, you know, we get. A thousand percent. And we'll break that down. We've got tons of key takeaways, guys, that we're implementing our businesses and that we are um, that, that's going to be proven. You know, for the people that actually, had, you know, came in this market and got their real estate license in the last couple of years, we're, you know, we're going to move back towards kind of a balanced market, you know, realistically. So, you know, anything under like five to seven months um, supply of inventory is, is what? A seller's market, right? And anything over that is a buyer's market. And so we've been in this hyper buyer market, you know, for, for a long time or for a couple of years. And we have more people getting into real estate than, than ever before, right? Be pre uh, 2008. And I know a lot of people say we have an inventory issue, you know, and I looked at NAR stats and we had sold the most amount of homes through MLS uh, in like the past, like it was like 12 or 15 years. So we don't have an inventory issue. We have a competition issue, right? We have a differentiation issue, right? And so hopefully we can help you guys with some of that today um, and, uh, and keep this moving along. 100%. That's a great perspective. It's not, there's more home sales in the last year, right? It's not like home sales are down. It's just there's low inventory. That just means there's more demand. And right. so when the market's shifting, it's going to shift more towards a balanced market. Right. 100%. So let's talk about how, let's give some, let's give some key takeaways here. How can we use the shift as an opportunity? Let's go with our title, right? How to not just survive the shift, but how do we even thrive in the shift? Um, let's let's break down some things that we actually think are going to work to help you thrive in this market. Because like I said, it's mindset and your mindset matters, especially if you're a team leader, because there's people looking up to you to be ahead of this. And so you you can either choose that this is going to be an obstacle or an opportunity. And I choose to look through it as an opportunity. And so, um, Adam, if you want to talk about some, maybe some strategies that you're seeing that you think right. will help people thrive in this market. Right. You know, you for me, I think we're going to see the people that. Um, are actually disciplined in running the business in terms of uh, um, systems, structure, profitability, tracking numbers, leadership, building culture, developing, you know, scaling their systems. All of those things are actually going to come into play. The marketing piece, the branding piece, the unique value propositions. It's really, it's really all collective. And I think 
uh, we've seen a lot of expansion, man. We've been growing. Like I remember when you partnered with me, or two hundred, you know, units and up over eight hundred around there last year, over a thousand this year. You opened four expansion offices. You know, like you're doing amazing things. You're doing it the right way, though. But we look around and you know we're about to see whose growth was real and whose growth wasn't. And so I think you know uh, through the last couple of years, it's been high tide. We've been you know swimming around in money. Uh, everything's been easy. Um, you know, and, and we haven't had to be disciplined to run our real estate team like an actual marketing and sales business that it is as vehicle being the real estate of how we make our money. And, you know, so for me, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. And so some actionable steps is I think that in real estate, we like to pay for a lot of different things. We say we're split testing, but are we even looking at the numbers to test it to see if it's, you know, netting and sales or, or, or what, you know? And so I think being able to cut costs um, and, and look at where your actual, like last 10 deals came from. Where did your last 20 deals come from? Understanding those sources and, uh, looking at where your last, all last years, you know, closings came from. And if the leads that you're generating or the different tools that you're paying for are not part of leading with profitability or revenue, I, I would cut it immediately. I, I would get rid of it. Um, you know, and, and when you actually look at when you look at your business from you know an agent standpoint, you know versus small team team like that that's kind of a different conversation. And some of these agents um, that are just running as a high you know paying you know job, if you will, as an agent, they need to create an LLC. You know they need to actually you know start to uh, structure a little budget, right? Um, and we have some documents and different things like that that we're referencing that we'll drop a resource file at the end. Uh, to you guys or uh, text a number to be able to get it, to be able to help you guys with some of this stuff. But you know, being able to actually cr create a budget uh, and actually live by that, that budget, I think is important. And then understanding hiring more people isn't necessarily going to you know, equal more sales. And so, you know, for me, I think even the lead generation piece that we're going to get into, like as the owner, I can remember when you were the, the lonely listing agent, right? And doing the marketing. And then, you, you know, you had to, you know, move out of that position and you were working more on marketing. Then you moved out of that position. I think people like you, Leah, you know, and, and Matt and I, like, we, we, we need to get more involved in, with our conversions and the development of those people and um, basically inspecting at a deeper level of what we expect. Um, because I think some of these pipelines where people are like, we still have deals going on, things are still moving. I, I yeah, because the, the oil was pumping and it's going to get thinner, right? And so being able to focus on on those things and kind of take back over control of that and leadership over that is going to be important because a lot of our people are not going to pull themselves through these slumps or um, as deals uh, are um, lessened, if you will, with the competition. The same, we have to hang around longer and tell these part-time people or the people that say that this isn't for them or there's not enough you know, money on the table or the opportunity to work in real estate isn't what they thought, get out and then we can come back in and eat that market share back up you know, with our skills, with our systems, with our marketing and, and things like that, but taking back control of, of that. And then understanding those metrics and more importantly, running an ideal work weekly schedule and, and managing the funnel or your CRM and understanding the psychological process that we're going to get into later at, at a high level. Because like Leah referenced earlier, the days of them coming in the top of the funnel and skipping all the way to the bottom of the funnel or the live transfers from all these third-party companies that's created complacency 
you know, laziness or you know, just a service like mentality, like and almost treating it like a hobby because it's working right now. Like those people aren't going to be around. Like you're really going to have to understand, um, you know, marketing if you're doing it for yourself and, and your message and the method to the consumer. And then on the back end, the sales process, right? And the structure of that and, and, and take them from the bottom of the funnel, the middle of the funnel, all the way to the, the bottom. And we'll kind of get into that later. But th those things right there, I think if you focus on those things as a top agent or a small team leader, will at least get you off in the right direction. Yeah, a thousand percent. And a lot of that's a lot what we're going to cover today. We're going to go deep on some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, we're going to, we're doing this to add value. So one of the, the messages I'm giving to my team right now is I always preach, we live in a 90 day world. What you do today affects your business 90 days from now. And so what I think has happened is I call that delayed gratification. We live in an instant gratification world. We have everything in the palm of our hands. We can get anything in an instant, right? And so we become complacent to that. And we want what we want right now. But, and I think we've been able to get that a bit in real estate during, given the market conditions, right? But that's going to change. And I'm even telling my team that instead of the 90 day rule, so your, your 10 conversations you had today, your two appointments you set today, that's not going to affect your business tomorrow. That's going to affect your business 90 days from now. And so you have to have that mindset. And when the market shifts, it may even be longer than 90 days. I'm preparing them for six months. Right. You have to do that activity for a long period of time and be willing to do those activities that lead to the results. So part of what Adam was talking about is you got to know your numbers. What lead sources are you using that are actually converting? What's your return on investment on those lead sources? What's your process and system for that lead source? What is your scripting and dialogues that you're using with your team? When's the last time you picked up the phone and started calling them as a team leader to really, really maximize the opportunities that those are that that are coming in because I have a feeling opportunities are going to be less. And so it's going to be all about you being able to maximize those opportunities. And so it's our responsibility as team leaders to set them up for success to make sure that they can maximize those opportunities. It's also our responsibility, Adam hit on this too, as team leaders to make sure that we are being smart business owners. So a lot of people think they can out they can out market a changing market. And maybe you can to a certain extent. But without the processes, without the skill set, without the action that's being taken, taken the market marketing doesn't matter if you don't have the skill set and the process behind it to maximize that marketing. It's very true. I think um, what you know, I was talking to a, a top team that they rely heavily on Zillow live transfers, and they were getting two hundred um, Zillow live transfers a month, and last month they got sixty. So I think um, you know agents, like you said, complacency, there's going to be a, a lot of agents that do struggle through that because they're, they're relying on the low hanging fruit and low hanging fruit is going to mean, mean something totally different in a month, two months down the road from now. So, Leah, I, Leah, I think anyone that relies on one lead source, sure. um, you know, they're just like one decision from another company folding or making changes to their policy or their overall structure, like we've seen with Zillow to being put out of business. Right. Um, and so they, you know, people need about three lead sources, you know, three pillars of business, you know, and when you ask about what like we should be doing. So for example, we used to crush it with our call center with expired and FISBOs, right. But the market we were in, it wasn't worth the labor, the time and the competition to go after that low hanging fruit. And I, you know, and I think that that's going to be coming back. So, you know, something cheap like Red X, or there's a bunch of other programs out there, I think that I would be, you know, preparing 
um, to, for an online and offline uh, campaign uh, with, um, you know, with, with, with those two pillars as well. And it would be cheap to add back into your business and you're leading with listings. And you're leading with listings. Yeah. 1000%. It's, it's, so I get asked that all the time as a coach and just from speaking engagements and Hey, what lead source? We have a question right now. What lead source do you recommend? I can't answer that for you. I'm not in your market, but the, the right lead source is the one that converts and the one that you have a process for to work. Just track your numbers, track your metrics. And so that's part of this. The people that are relying on that one lead source right now, and that has been great over the last two years. And that's, that's the only, you're on a one, you got a one-legged bar stool. That thing's going to fall over when the market shifts, right? I can't answer that question because I have a lot of different lead sources that convert at a high level. So my business is sustainable. And I highly recommend that we all do that. And, and that starts with knowing your numbers and knowing your numbers on such a, such a in-depth level that you know how many leads per source you get, right. what agents are getting those, what your process is, what your conversion rate is for those, what your show up rate is for those, what your closing rate is. Like you have to know all of those numbers so you can dissect those when things get tight and you can cut the ones that are less ROI, the ones that aren't converting yeah. at the level that you need to convert them at. Right. And I got, and I got some thoughts on that, obviously in 35 markets in the United States and, you know, you know, big up in Toronto, you know, a few markets throughout Canada. What I found is like, if you don't have a marketing budget, once again, a budget and you're allocating funds to it, um, when you're generating leads, like you, like you can't just generate them for a couple months. Like what Matt is saying, like you have to be able to collect the data and the, the, the agents calling and bringing you the data have to be people that you trust and respect. And it's pure like data and the skills are there. And so you're going to have to stick with it for a while. But what I found is if you don't have a budget, go hire a bunch of these third party companies that we talked about, right? That are pay to play or low you know, cost to be able to get that coming in, but you're paying high referral fees, right? And you want to get your cash turning over. So then you could take that referral fee money that you're giving them. And then you could start to put that into your marketing and you're doing it and then build your margin into that. Right. And what I will say from all these other companies or like Matt said, this, you know, whatever CRM is going to like you that you work that like that's the CRM that's going to work. The CRM don't generate you leads. A Google lead is a Google lead. It doesn't matter what CRM it goes into a Facebook lead, Yahoo, Bing, whatever. Right. And, and so the process and how you nurture and how you follow up and how you communicate with the different stages that they're in to get them to the bottom of the funnel matter more, but being able to have a small sample size of data and track, um, you know, how to track really quick if the marketing is good or not is valid contacts. And I call it valid conversations for the people that have my inside sales uh, call center uh, uh, sheet and my buyer sheet. And what I mean by that is if they hung up on you or whether you got the call, it was a great call or not. It's a valid conversation or we call it a, you know, uh, that's what it's called on the sheet, but it's a valid conversation because if the name matches the phone number, the marketing is working, right? Like you were talking to the decision maker and you want to be able to scale, at least with internet leads, eight to 10 valid of those to one appointment, qualified appointment, consultation, right? Something like that. And when most people have came into my network, my brokerage, you know, our modern team or our coaching company, you know, they're up around 40 to 50 to one. So like off that same data, you're getting 50 to one. But if I put my people on it, I'm getting eight to 10 to one. Yep. So I'm getting almost four times the output, right? So things like that matter. And, and, and so keep that in mind. And you can scale that on uh, every lead source, right? And so it's, right. it's the efficiencies there that you just broke down that are so important when things get tight, right? Um, so there's a quote here. 
You succeed in good times, not only because of what you do right, but also in spite of what you do wrong. Like, think about that for a minute. How many of us have been operating our businesses wrong, but we've gotten away with it because the market has been what the market has? And that's what we're trying to do is you to open open up your eyes, look into your business like you're a third party um, observer. And what would you do differently knowing if the market shifted 25% tomorrow and dropped 25% tomorrow, what would you do in your business? Not saying you have to do all that, but list all those things out. What would you change? And now you're prepared. Take the top three. Why can't you do those right now? Why can't you cut this lead source that has to get you a closing in eight months? Why can't you? Right. There's there's things that we can do in our business that we have not done because the market has been what the market has been. And I mean, I'm guilty, too, but we have to get ahead of this. Otherwise, we're going to somebody put in here that you have to keep investing more in marketing. Absolutely. You do. But are you marketing in the right places? Right. Are you and spending I, and, the money in the right areas? That's right. Important. Right. And I talked to a handful of people in higher end price ranges, like eight hundred thousand a million. And if you're going to just work SOI or referral business and it's working for them, that's great. But when we shift back closer to a buyer's market or a balanced market, I shall say that strategy isn't going to work. You know, um, most of my people like Matt said or Leah was referencing, like they know where their business is coming from in three months, six months, like Matt also said. Right. Like we're running a predictable business. We understand their goals. We understand their pain points. We understand their time frames. We understand, you know, why they're, you know, waiting, you know, X till this date. A kid's graduating. They're downsizing. Like we know their wife's name, the dog's name. Like, right. Like, like we're in rapport with them. Like we understand what they're trying to, to accomplish and we're in alignment to help them hit that target, you know, you know, for sure. And when you, when you step back and you look at it, it's like, if that's the business that you want to run, there's raving fans programs, there's past client programs. So you don't have to spend that money on internet leads. Like if you're not good at, you know, making calls or, you know, being able to have intro structure calls, optimize closing formulas, where I'm going to give you guys this today, which has got me in front of thousands of people and probably generated millions of dollars over the years for me and others. I'll give you guys that. Um, but you know, you're going to have to spend a little bit of money on your past clients, on your raving fans, but you're going to have to treat that also like a business and put them in a database and segment them. Right. And then create those people that are raving about you and running contests and doing things for them. And them that is your marketing. Those are your salespeople and they're giving you names of people that are looking or they've been writing offers with a bunch of agents and you know they can't secure an offer and they haven't signed agency or you know they've listed their home and it's just sitting on the market and not getting any traffic right like they're going to give you their friends they're going to give you their families people want to see other people win that they like and especially if you're giving away like kansas city chief tickets right or uh, uh, giveaways or, or, or investing in them, right? But you're going to have to build a database. You're going to have to segment it. You're going to have to communicate with it. You're going to have to build a community with it and, and make it predictable either way. Yeah, 1,000%. I mean, a perfect example is last year, we had over 400 people that, we, that bought or sold a home with us that reached out to us. Like they, they were come list me. They called us. They walked in the door. They were a direct referral from a past client. Like that's huge. It's because of following direction what Adam just said, making sure you're building a community and you're doing more than just converting online leads. Bring them into your ecosystem and treat your past clients like a lead source because they absolutely are if you treat them right. And so a speech I, I actually just gave as a lunch learn to my team before we hopped on here is it's our job to take one client and turn them into three. 
If that's your focus every single time is providing so much value that they can't, you own the conversation about real estate when you're not there, that's free leads. What did that really cost you to do by going above and beyond for that person that you're helping buy or sell at home? But we get so focused on, we got to call the next lead. We call it, call the next lead. Don't get me wrong. You're going to have to prospect. You're going to have to follow up. But are you maximizing the people that are face-to-face -face with you right now? Because I feel like a lot of people, especially in this easy market, have lost that. They've lost their relationships. And that's important. That, that, tie, that ties in, you know, to understanding the lifetime value of your client, you know, and um, you're just looking at it at the two and a half, three percent or, you know, six percent, seven percent, whatever it may be for you. Right. But it it is it, it has geometric effects. Like if you guys are part of my expansion team, most of you guys know what tap rooting is. Right. And how we tap root and how we've been expanding as fast as we are. That same technique happens with buyers and sellers. You tap root into their network. However, you got to have a good feedback loop, right? And you got to build testimonials. And so having a process for testimonials uh, and, and documenting those in video and across multiple different websites is going to be important. And then understanding like your net promoter score of how well you did and being able to market that and stand on that with those testimonials, if you're going to run that, 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 that type of business and it's essential for teams, right? But being able to tap root and understand the lifetime value of a client is going to come back into play and going to be important with three business. Yeah. And some, that, that brings up something else, too. I feel like a lot of people and again, in this market shift, right, it's to get ahead of what is coming. We have to be able to master the fundamentals. I feel like as agents, it's been very easy to get away from the basics. It's not sexy. It doesn't sound good. It's not a big, shiny object. But that wins every single time. Like use a sports analogy. Who are the sports teams that win every single year? The ones that are the best with fundamentals. That's what they focus on. It's not the people that like basketball teams right now that are winning aren't the people that are spend the most money. Like look at LeBron James. It's not about the all-stars. It's about how you operate together and how well do you actually do the fundamentals. That's how you win. And I feel like as a real estate, if you're running a team, consider yourself a sports team. How good are you in defense? How good are you at running your offense? Like what plays are you running? What are you calling as the coach for your team to make sure that you are mastering the fundamentals? Um, my coach, John Cheplak uses, he's friends with um, the guy that used to play running back with Tom Brady. And he said, he said it, it was at Heath Evans was his name. He said, it's absolutely miserable being a Tom Brady's teammate. So because that guy is ruthlessly committed to excellence. He masters everything. As an example, he would hand me the ball and I'd be a centimeter to the left. He'd say, run it again. It wasn't Bill Belichick saying we got to get it perfect. It was Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the best of all time. Not because he has the most talent because he's best at the ba basics and he executes at a very high level, the simple stuff. How many of us as real estate agents have gotten away from executing the simple stuff at a very high level? That's what's going to win in a market shift. Well, it's yeah, it's getting back to the fundamentals, right? The basics um, that, that I mean, that that goes back to kind of, you know, what I've heard before, like it had something to do with Jerry Rice when they were talking about a catch that he made in a Super Bowl. And he talked about all of the hours and everything that he invested time wise just for those 13 seconds to be able to execute on that. Mm -hmm. right? And, and the repetitive nature of that. And so. Greatness, greatness is, you know, in the repetition and 
a couple of things, right? Like Bruce Lee said it best. I don't fear a man that practices 10,000 kicks. I fear a man that practices one kick 10,000 times. And, you know, we can run a bunch of ads, we can generate a bunch of leads, you know, but, you know, like we're going to have to move and sift and sort, you know, through a lot of, a lot of volume and a lot of dirt, right? However, if, if you start to work on your marketing and you're constantly working on your message and your method on the back end and your deliverables of how you differentiate with like a home buyer advantage program stacked with the love it or leave it guarantee, the raving fan stuff, the home hunter alert, like all of the stuff we teach our people to value stack it, right? And you get better at that. The leads might be less that are coming in, but they're a little better. The quality gets better, right? And then as you start to develop a solid brand and you have a brand promise to the community that you can execute on and you have good reviews and, and, and you're tap rooting through their network, then like your budget and your marketing costs and your ad spend is going to go down. Your leads might go down, but you're going to see your conversion rate go a little higher, right? And the quality of leads are going to be able, you know, to, to like do business with you because they, they know you, they're hearing you more, for example, like on radio or out in the community, you know, or being a part of uh, fundraising or what, like what, like whatever you're doing to involve yourself with brand building and your messaging with all of that stuff, it matters in the quality of leads. Um, but you like, you have to come in and focus on it and it's boring and it's, and it's just a couple of simple things. Even like with role playing and structure of calls and and optimized closing formulas, like you know, uh, you know, some some people will be like, man, like you you've talked and trained on that for years. It works. I have it scaled. Human psychology. It like you know, we cl we close people with our formula off of their natural language, pain points, what they're telling us, what their their pleasure points, like what they're trying to achieve. If you went to Google right now and you googled whatever you googled in the search bar. And it pulled up a bunch of, you know, links or whatever to click on. And it didn't have the, the keyword that you put into the search bar. Are you going to click on it? No. And then if you click on it, if you don't see that keyword in the headline, right? Or in the body of work, you're probably going to back off the page within three to five seconds. And so if we're not actively listening to these people and we're not, you know, focused on, on the basics with structure of calls, language patterns, how we're positioning these unique value propositions and, and constantly working on our marketing and messaging and being able to deliver on it, it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to work, right? It's just going to be random and the fundamentals like are boring, but that's really where the success is at. Yeah, a thousand percent. And it's, what's cool about that is everybody can do it. It's not a shiny object. You don't have to pay for it. Anybody can do it. Just master the basics, master the fundamentals. Um, Leah, you mentioned, I think it was you that mentioned um, discipline earlier. Um, how do you feel like discipline is going to help people become more effective in this market shift? Well, first, there's a couple of things that you guys touched on that I was going to just point out. And only because I just recently moved my whole database of leads from one system to a whole new system. Um, for team owners, I think there's a huge advantage um, to managing your database right now and just making sure that all of your leads are organized, your database is organized, people are set up on drips and, and e-alerts and all of the things that work for you while we're out showing homes or your agents are out showing homes. Because we've drummed up so much business just from older leads in our database that we might have missed opportunities on because we're, you know, we have so many opportunities coming in right now. So the one thing 
I would say is, is um, that is huge for us. There's gold in your database. So organize your database for sure. Um, and then you can ask my agents. I have a couple of them on here right now. I always tell them if it's not on your calendar, it doesn't exist. If prospecting is not on your calendar, that is, that is the most important appointment that you can put on your calendar every single day. Even if it's 30 minutes a day, that's the most important thing that you can have on your appointment that you can have on your calendar. And it's as important as going to a doctor's office when it comes to managing your business. Um, and that's the one appointment that I never missed when I was brand new in the business, you know, brand new in real estate. I worked, you know, before COVID for several years before COVID and did very well. But that's because I hated calling, but prospecting was always on my calendar. So I, I would say that for agents and for team owners, if you're not training your people to put these appointments on their calendars, you're that they're missing a huge mark here because that is absolutely going to come back. Um, we may not have had to prospect as much as before, but you absolutely have to do it now. That goes back to what Adam was saying. Start an LLC, run your business like a business. Right. It is a business. Even if you're an agent on the team, it's your business. Run it that way. So I've seen a lot. I get to talk to a lot of people. You know, we added 150 agents in the last 30 days or something like that. And we all kind of run different models and do different things. And it's crazy to me how some of these people, um, you know, that join us, don't join us or even with us are pretty successful without um, lead generation or prospecting. Because back in my days, like, I got in this market when everybody was getting out of it. Like we had 300 signs in yards and nine homes pending when I, I jumped in as an ISA making 300 bucks a week, 12 years ago. So like that, that, that is a must, right? Like you don't miss that. You got to focus on it two to three hours a day, or it has to be eight to 12 hours a day by a department, you know, with like, without a doubt. And so some of these people have been successful or been able to make it in spite of their um, income producing activities. However, this is what's going to differentiate good from great. Like we're going to see who's doing it, doing this, you know, in a predictable way and who's just hoping. And, you know, they're, they're doing a couple of deals with high volume and it's working out for them, but to really be come from a trusted advisor role and communicate with that database, like Leah is saying, like, you have to know what's happening in the marketplace. You have to know why it's happening in the marketplace with these changes, know how it's Im impacting your buyers, know how it's impacting the consumers and know how to simply and effectively explain it to them. Simplicity is key here with making all of this stuff connect and, and work. And so segmenting that database, prospecting, following up with them is essential, surveying them, hitting them with video, like with, with, uh, with the phone calls right now, I know the phone you know calls rates are dropping right now without a doubt. But if you're not using a dialer, I don't see how you're getting into enough conversations a day to build new relationships to, to see, you know, if it's going to be a good fit, right? Like, and so if you're not using an auto dialer of some sort to sift and sort in volume and move a lot of dirt to find those gold nuggets, it's going to be tougher in the future, right? Because all these people aren't going to be reaching out or as many of them uh, in the future, or the competition is going to be high until we're going to see, you know, who, who can, uh, weather the storm here. Right. And so being able to use these type of tools are going to be able to help you. But just like when a lead comes in, like we know response rates matter, respond to the lead within five minutes, speed, the lead wins. Like we know that, but also what we've been seeing with responses, because we want a response, right? Is the data good? We want a response hitting them with the quick video, organic chat. Hey, Matt, this is Adam. I see you registered on our site. Uh, you know, it's a communication tool. Didn't know if you had any questions or if there's anything I can do for you in real estate, let me know. Boom, send. You don't even have to save it to your phone. 
it will it, it will translate over they'll click they'll they'll like they'll love it like people will be like thanks or hey all right i got your message or what or the people that don't respond and then if you hit them with a couple of video texts like that under 10 seconds just like an intro in between that seven second mark right like we know 55 percent of uh, communication is through body language right and, and then tonality and words are kind of split up with the rest and so they can already start to put your face, your, your, your tonality, your body language, they can, your persona, start to attach it to a name. You're building rapport with them through video, whether you're talking, whether they're responding or not. Or when you, when you do get them on the phone, they're like, yeah, I've seen a couple of your videos or I've seen your welcome video. All, like, and so you're, you're starting off from a position of what? Like mindshare. Just like when we're sending out postcards to expired or FISBOs, we're following up with them. Did you receive any of our literature outlining our aggressive marketing plan in this market shift? Yeah, I've seen some of it. It's been sitting here. I've been tossing you in the trash. We're already coming from a place of respect and a little bit of authority, right? First, some random kid that's hammering on the phone saying the same thing that seven other market center people were saying, right? And so use the video, communicate with these people, let them get to know you, survey them, segment them, understand where they're at with the top of the funnel, the dream stage. I don't know if you want me to hop into this, but I don't know if you guys understand what the love language is, but we all need to be communicated you know, differently with, and we all need, need different needs met. And that's the same with the buyer and seller when they come into uh, you know, the top of your funnel or they register on your site and using language like, I work here in the client care department. I work here in the resource department. They do not want to talk to an agent. Like we are one of the less trusted, less respected professionals across all industries, right? However, they do want access to resources. They still want to be served. They still want help. They still need care. They still need love, right? They still need guidance. They still need a trusted advisor um, you know, to give them their opinion. There's so much data out here on the internet. Data isn't the problem. Comprehension and processing and understanding the data and making good decisions with the data is important. And so we have to understand when these leads come in, you're not looking to sell them a home right off the bat. They're going to tell you, you know, when you say, hey, I see you registered on our, our site, you know, it's more than a website. It's a communication tool. I work here in the client care department. Didn't know if I could understand your situation or help you with you know, anything in real estate. Everyone's going to say, I'm just looking. I'm not in the market to buy a home. The website forced register me, right? Because it's they- It's important are, to note that's not an objection, right? I love it when agents say, they, they told me they're just looking. What do I do? So, so you need to embrace it and tie an anchor around it and say, fantastic. Everybody is just like you, just looking. Mo like, fantastic, Matt. Most of the people that create an account are just looking, just like yourself. However, here's what I can do for you today. This is where we pivot to the structure of call. I can customize this site to fit your specific need. Price range, area of town, bedrooms, whatever it may be. See, well, when the new homes hit the market, they're emailed out to you in real life time. Or you can list, uh, watch to see what homes are listing for and selling for in your neighborhood because it's going to affect your, your, your equity position in your home. Okay? And so then we get into the structure of serving seeing and helping them and all that stuff and they're going to say is this free or okay but their guard starts to drop right like ha like have has anyone ever called you and you just told them what you're trying to accomplish what your pain points are you're going through a divorce or anything like no you don't trust these people they don't know you right so they're guarded just looking i'm just looking you walk into you know a clothing store with the uh, uh salespeople on the floor 
and three or four of them hit you at once. Like, Hey, can I help you with any jeans? Or do you want to look at any coat? No, I'm just looking, but you're there for 10 minutes and you want to see some of these jeans on the top shelf that you've been looking for and you found them and you want to try them on. You can't find the dang salesperson, right? So people don't go with you through, through these steps. And so, um, you know, you know, figuring out motivation too and time frame. A quick way, I always have a magic wand on my desk. Like we go through their location, their amenities. We're like, I hate to break it to you, buyer agents on here. Buyers don't shop for agents. They shop for homes. So they don't care about you. And so they're going to opt out of your drip alerts that like Aaliyah was mentioning. If they're just a bunch of long-winded emails or texts or whatever, they want to see relevant homes in their email box. So customizing the home hunter alert um, is very vital to staying in their inbox for the, you know, nine to 12 month cash conversion cycle that at least the buyers go through and sellers are a little bit longer. And we, we can talk about that. However, making sure that that's customized correctly, but we still want to extract our information to see if we can help these people, right. Or to understand the next logical step and helping them with that. And a quick way to do that is, Hey, Matt, if you had a magic wand, you know, how, how soon would you like to be able to buy your next home? And I know like people laugh about it, but they'll be like, they'll laugh or say what? They'll say yesterday. Can't find one. You've been writing these offers or six months. And then the follow-up question to that, we figured out time frame. Now the next thing is we have to figure out what needs to happen within that time frame. So, okay, six months, what needs to happen, Matt, within these six months? Well, I'm trying to save up for a down payment, trying to clean up a credit score, waiting for little Jimmy to graduate, whatever it may be, now we know. And if we have those two pieces of information, we can have them eating out of our hands if our processes are right and our offers are tight and, and, and all of that stuff. And so it's like, okay, if it's a down payment, some people think that they need 20% for a down payment. They have enough, right? Or one of the things that we specialize in is, you know, helping people boost their credit score or getting their credit back, you know, uh, to a level where they can actually purchase a home, right? And start feeding your co-marketing people's funnel. And I, like, I, I, that's a structure. Hit us up one-on-one. -on -one. I'll give you more of that, but I'll talk about the closing formula later. I'm going to kick this back to Matt and end it here with, with this segment. But there's a whole process with this. But when we talk about internet lead generation and all of this stuff, in the link, with all the bunch of random documents I just threw in there that I thought would help, you know, uh, mid-tier agents, top agents, and small teams, it's co-marketing agreements, you know, and I've been through a bunch of compliance departments negotiating these, and we have a contract in there that we worked with past people that worked for RESPA, RESPA lawyers, to be able to structure this, and you need to have somebody that is a tr like investing with you in your systems. Like, for an example, hey, do you know your credit score? You know, like that's one of the things we can let you know for free without saying, are you, are you pre-approved or are you pre-qualified? Those are sticky industry words that only we use or care about. The consumer don't care about that. So what do they care about? They, they care, what's my credit score? It's going to affect your buying power, right? And so, hey, we can let you know that in a matter of minutes or a couple hours. I just need to be able to get a little bit of information from you. And we take many pre-approval attempts and process with them with our, our, our partner. And we don't really use them, a, call them a lender, Right that is investing money in with us and we're helping build his funnel, right? And then he's committed to our brand promise with communication timelines, responses, all of these different things. And so that's important. And then we, even when we're customizing price range, oh, how did you come up with this price range? You know, um, I don't know, this is what I think, or this is what I can afford. Okay, do you, do you know what your debt to income ratio is? No, what's that? Oh my gosh, like you, you need to understand that. That's gonna affect your affordability of uh, how much new debt you can carry with this mortgage. 
The good news is with having an account with our client care center here is I can take a little bit of information and let you know that today if that if you're interested in that, you know, or if they're doing loan calculations on your website using that as well, because it don't take into account their credit score, debt to income ratio with taxes and insurance and all that stuff. And we can get you exact payments, um, you know, here in our client care center and things like that matter. But having someone with the co-marketing uh, agreement done that's helping you with maybe some ISA costs, helping you uh, with the lead generation piece of it and, and that, and that like that budgeting piece of it is going to be critical to helping control costs when we were talking about cutting costs or controlling it. And that's way to, one way to actually control it is because these lenders also are going to, you know, their pipeline is going to start drying up and, th and they're going to need to be able to work with someone that knows what they're doing. Absolutely. Can you guys tell Adam's uh, positive about the uh, converting leads? Um, <laughs> best of the best there. So um, that's gold there, Adam. Um, so, wow. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that other than uh, you guys should watch that back on the recording. There's lots of gold there. Um, but let's talk about some other things that will help you get to that point, Leah. Um, so one of the things we discussed was discipline. Discipline yeah. is going to win. And so I have a saying that resources are not the answer. It's your resourcefulness that matters. How resourceful are you going to be during these times? Don't wait on resources. Be resourceful. Go find it for yourself. Adam called it digging for gold. Too many people just found gold sitting on top of the dirt. Now you got to dig for it. Be resourceful. Be gritty. Go out and find that gold. And so resourcefulness is way more important than resources. Um, some other stuff with discipline. Um, Leah, do you have any advice on that that maybe will help with this? Um, so just a couple of things. Um, he said that leads will, and we've already started to see this. Most leads are just looking. That is, that is a phrase that was with almost every single lead prior to COVID. Oh, I'm just looking. Oh, I accidentally registered on your site. I didn't put my phone number in there. Oh, it wasn't me. Exactly. So we are 100% going back to that. And I will say as team owners, um, how we can provide value as team owners and as agents working in this business coming up. And that is what we're starting to see now. I'm just looking, I'm not ready yet. Interest rates are too high. I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the, the crash, you know, whatever it is, the way that you can provide value to these people and to your database and to the new leads coming in is to go back to doing the buyer's consultations. Um, the listing appointments, how before COVID, how many times did you show up to a listing appointment and you found out that they interviewed two other agents that didn't happen in COVID. They were listing with the first agent that knocked on their door. Now we're, we're going back to that. So you really have to dive in and figure out where you can put value back into your business. And one of those ways is preparing buyers for, um, you know, financial, um, what's to be expected financially when they're from start to finish, when they first start looking at homes to the time that they close. Um, and then listing appointments, we have to get back to knowing what our marketing plan is, because now you're going to have to start marketing these properties again. If you didn't have to market them before, because we didn't, you have to figure out what that looks like now. How are you going to market their property? They're going to ask you these questions. We didn't have to do it before. You can't just show up and put a sign in the yard anymore. It doesn't work. It's so, um, it's so crucial to, sorry to cut you off there, but like, I want to go deep on that is because it's, it's, you have to be able to articulate that value to the consumer. Exactly. Value unarticulated is value unappreciated. And yep. if, when the market shifts, it's going to change from anybody with a real estate license can sell your house like that 
to you need to be partnered with the correct people that have the correct marketing plan, that have the correct business model. And here's what that looks like. And yeah. so you need to use this, this shift as an opportunity, again, back to mindset, is create that value proposition of what that looks like and how, more importantly, how you are going to articulate it and how your agents are going to articulate it to the clients. Because if you can't articulate it properly, the value doesn't get received. And then the next thing I'll say too, and we talked about this a little bit, and one of my co-marketing partners is on this call with me right now, your relationships are going to matter so much moving forward. They may not have mattered as much in, in the COVID market where, you know, we were just taking the first buyer that was already pre-approved with this XYZ lender. We had no idea who we were working with. That is going to go away. You need to make sure. And I've, I'm very grateful for the relationships that I've built in my business and I stayed strong to my relationships that I built through COVID. And because of that, I really believe that we will come out stronger on the other end. And like I said, my, my co-marketing partner, she's on here now and we tag team all the time with leads. Um, and because we do that, they stay in our bucket, you know, and we do good together. So that is something that I think everybody, team owners, agents need to focus on going forward. If you don't have relationships now, get that going because that is going to be essential to your business. 1000% relationships is one of our core values on our team. And I just had a lunch and learn before this call. We talked about building better rapport to build better relationships, not only with vendors, but also with the clients. And so if you have better relationships with your clients, you're going to own that conversation when you're not there, right? All this ties together. Um, back to discipline. Okay. I want if you're, so this is more towards team owners, but everybody's a leader. Whether you know it or not, everybody's a leader. You're a leader to somebody in your life. There's people that look up to you. Are you actually leading by example? Because you're going to have to in this market. You have to lead from the front. The discipline in your organization that you need starts with you. How disciplined are you? Are you leading by example or are you just sitting on top of the mountain pointing your finger? You have to be willing to get in the trenches and show that discipline and demonstrate that to your team. Mm -hmm. Demonstrate the discipline that you want to see out of your team and they will follow suit. Um, also time management. We talked about ideal weekly schedule. We talked about all that, but time management is bullshit. It doesn't exist. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's choice management. Yep. What you choose to do with that time and how disciplined are you with your choices? And are you doing what's most important during this shift? Because it's right. not going to be, Hey, I'm just going to wait for the right buyer to call me. What are you doing with your time? What, you, what choices are you making to make sure that you are doing all the stuff that we just talked about? All right. So I got some thoughts on this and it's about staying in high leveraged and high income producing activities and upping your hourly worth. Right. And even with agents, we've all been on the roller coaster effect. Right. We made a lot of money. We went broke. We made a lot of money. We went broke. What happened? Why did you fall all the way to the bottom and then get frustrated again? Anxiety kicked in, your back's against the wall. And then it, for some magical reason and moment, you shoot back up and have another great month because you disciplined yourself because survival mode kicked in. You have to pay bills. You have to put food on the table. You need baby formula. You got to pay the electric bill, right? All, like you got to pay gas, right? Like all of that stuff. And, you know, if, if you just focus on the things that generate income and they might be hard or tough or things that you don't like. Right. But as you do them daily, like she, like Leah was saying a couple hours a day, or this is what you're focused on. And you eat that frog in the morning 
Like it becomes, it's like you're on autopilot. You just go through it. And the uncomfortable becomes the comfortable with disciplining yourself. Matt and I run a group called, you know, hard 75. And, um, you know, when I, we first started doing it together, I don't know, like three years ago or something. And like, we all kept getting better because we were disciplining ourselves, whether it was reading, writing, creating content, being a present, taking them cold showers, you know, working out inside, you know, um, uh, uh, outside twice a day, right. Drinking a gallon of water, like, you know, you know, eating clean, all of these things had to be able to, like, it, it teaches us discipline. I know that some people are like, man, like, and we're posting a picture today, like, you guys look great. We weren't doing it for our looks. We were working on our mental model and how to discipline ourselves, our personal lives and in our business, right? And so if you discipline yourself to stay in these high producing activities, prospecting, selling, negotiating, and going on listing appointments, then your business isn't going to have a dip. We're all going to dip. And even when I coach people and do these one-on-ones, it's like, we're all going to dip a little, but how far are you going to dip? That's going to be the question because we have to get things into escrow. We have to get them out of escrow. We have to you know, keep prospecting. We have to keep going on listing appointments, keep going on buyer appointments, but we have to stay in these, these positions that drive the revenue. Right. And when you're, and, and so when I, when I'm looking at this, I, like it's like, what can I delegate or get off my plate? And if you don't have an assistant yet and you don't have a transaction management person or a listing process, you need one because you don't need to be doing the 12 to $15 an hour work. And part of the resource package that I gave you is how much you should pay your, uh, your assistant, how much you should be paying a transaction coordinator, what like you should be paying an ISA entry level, top of, top of uh, uh, pay grades, all of these things. And so if it has anything to do with the client care, the servicing part of the business, you need to delegate that stuff. But people end up enjoying it, right? And then they get themselves lost in that 12 to $15 an hour work when you're really a $200, $300 an hour agent, $500 an hour an agent. What I'm doing and how I'm operating in my business, I'm like, is this worth $500 an hour plus? If not, it's like, how can I get it off my plate, right? And so, you know, some hacks, you know, it's like a lot of people are like want to hire and outsource VAs and, and things like that to the you know ISAs. You guys know I'm very hyper believing in local and regional, you know, people and being a Midwest person and, and what I've done, if you understand my background, it's like you're giving the most important part of your business to someone across seas that can barely articulate, you know, in most cases, what you're trying to promise a consumer. They don't understand where like, you know, like like locally where they're at with neighborhoods or being able to you know answer specific questions or whatever to really come from that trusted advisor role knowing what's happening know what why it's happening how it impacts them right i think this is all going to matter and so being able to take back control of this stuff and even if you hire a local isa i think if you're a top agent middle tier agent or or anything like that like if you just stayed and ran like an inside salesperson, a client care person. And some people think that's an entry level job or the lowest form into this business. Like it's actually what drives the revenue. And it's like, you can't delegate your pushups. You're going to have to do them and then hold that watermark or that benchmark to where, you know, like this is, this, this is valid conversations to appointments, right? Eight to 10 to one. Uh, and it's different off each lead source, you know, Fizbo's expires, all this stuff could be different. But even if you ran showing partners and part of that resource um, link is showing partners, an agreement to run showing partners, pay them per hour, pay them per house, 
pay them a, a, a different split off of what you end up making off of the deal, but allows you to be able to generate the business, do the consultations, but you're not out in the field, open and closing doors. That's not what makes us money. Yeah, all well, writing the contracts don't make us money. Doing the paperwork doesn't make us money. It just doesn't. And so the, the closer you can get to the conversion and stay vibing in that, that position, the, the more you're going to net. And if you're, you know, and if you're a lone ranger doing everything by yourself, part of that package as well, I show you how to go from a solo agent and scale all the way up to where Matt's at, which is an icon agent. When Matt hit me up, and why people were going to want to hit Leah up and Matt is because they know what to do in the right financial order. And that, and that's it. It's like, okay, this is where my business at. This is what I need to delegate. This is the next pillar I need to add, whether it's leading with the revenue on sales and marketing or on the service side, staffing side, right. And the customer service side. And that's it. And that's how you can quickly grow and stay in their positions. And as Matt keeps growing, his business is going to keep growing, but Matt will say he's operated differently and gave different roles and responsibilities and turned them over to new people that he had to develop and trust. And if you can trust them to execute at least 85% as well as you can, that's great. And move on and build the next thing and, and figure it out. And so, you know, for me, when you talk about discipline, it's disciplining yourself to focus on the income producing activities and, and outsource the rest, like with VAs, with the with, you know, the, the staffing stuff or transaction management or listing stuff or the paperwork stuff yep. or being able to bring in local professionals on the conversion piece to help you or showing partners as well. And them documents are in there. Let me know if you got any other uh, other questions with that. But the discipline piece is running an ideal weekly schedule. And then like today after this call, I'm hopping on with my guy. What did our week look like? A re weekend review and with numbers. And after we got punched in the mouth, coming back from a moral we did, were we disciplined and we did we keep our commitments? Did we hit our numbers? If not, what are we going to do to change that? What can we do differently? What did we learn? What did we do great that we need to do more of? Right. Yep. And, and, and that stuff matters with the discipline. Piece. Yeah. So going back to great stuff, Adam, going back to the um, the roller coaster part is people. I got a I have a quote for almost everything. It's how I remember stuff is people quit doing what works because it works. Right. And so what got you to those, that, that peak, you stopped doing it. And so you go back down. But what did you, so stop, you doing? What, what did you stop doing, Matt? What did they stop doing? The behavior. That's right. That's why as a team leader, it's important, especially as the market's shifting, you track and measure the activity that are producing the results and make sure that you stay ahead of the activity because it's the KPIs, the activity produced the result. And that's how you create a predictable, duplicatable, scalable business. And so you have to also always act in urgency. And so what happens, what Adam explained very well is that you, you ride the roller coaster, you go back down and you get back up. Why did you get back up? Because you started doing the activities, but why did you start doing the activities? Because you had to. You had to be urgent because you had to buy diapers. You had to do form baby form. You had to, whatever it is you had bills to pay. But what if you acted that way at all times? What if you acted that way now before the market completely shifts and you get ahead of the shift? That's what we're wanting to get you to do today through your discipline. Um, something else I want to talk about um, lead generation too. We kind of hit on it earlier, but I think it's important for you guys to ask yourself, what are you doing right now? Or what are you spending money on that's no longer effective if the market shifted 25% tomorrow, what marketing are you doing that's no longer effective? What, what marketing is that? And then why in the world are you going to still do it? Get rid of it. Cut your expenses. 
because a shift is coming in most markets, right? And so get ahead of that. If it's not performing, why do you have it anyway? Especially if it's not going to perform whenever the market goes back to a, it's not going to stay how it is forever. So it's always, again, the shift is it, it was needed. And so we, why we get more of a balanced market, what, what, what marketing are you doing now that's not going to work in a balanced market? And then make sure to do it. I think it's also important too, your marketing, um, you have to match the market. Message to market match is important. What are you saying and who are you saying it to? Make sure you're saying the right things to the right people. It's so important that your marketing matches your message. Yeah, and, and without a doubt, and where they're at in the funnel. I mean, yeah. for sure. So being able to capture everybody is just exactly echo back to them where they're at, just looking like you, you know, website force registered. However, this is more than a website. Add value, pivot to here's what I can do today. You know, add that value, understand motivation, time frame, and then start dripping in your unique value propositions, you know, and being able to split them out in different videos or talk about them and then hit them with this formula right here. We're like a little over the top of the hour. We you know, got late, but I'm going to give you guys the formula. So grab a pen and a piece of paper. I like to give you guys some information. And also that is a technique. Grab a pen and a piece of paper. I grab attention back to them and I use that a lot too. Uh, whatever they're trying to achieve or whatever, you know, they finally start to open up and tell you what they're looking to do or target they're trying to hit or time frame. I, we're, we specialize in it. Use this ethically, guys, because if they believe you, you're going to get in front of people and, and, and they're going to give you an opportunity because it is their language. It is their keywords. It's like it's like going to Google and searching for it. So one of the things I specialize in is working with VA veterans, just like yourself. Anyways, if I could show you how to get the certificate ordered, still find you know a good deal in this highly competitive market that's going to work for you with our home buyer advantage program, with our love it or leave it guarantee in there, would that be worth a few minutes of your time? Do you see how this could work for you and your family? You know, something like I'm going to give generic ones. One of the things that we specialize in is working with sellers in XYZ neighborhood, just like yours. Anyways, if we could show you how to get your home sold fast in this shifting market for the most amount of money, that's going to take a new strategy with our worry-free listing program or rocket listing program, value stacked. Is that going to be worth a few minutes of your time to see how this could, you know, could work for you so you can move on with your life? I'm using generic things, but write this down. One of the things I specialize is in and draw a big line because this is fill in the blank. This is your Google search bar right here. And this is their pain points. These are the keywords. I see so many people over my career taking notes, whether they're typing it in the CRM or putting it on paper and then putting it in the CRM afterwards, but they don't do anything with the actual notes other than like, okay, I'll follow back up with you or I'll touch base or whatever. They don't package an offer together. And I'm going to give, I'm going to show you what to do with the notes that you're taking or these keywords. So one of the things I specialize is in, this is where you put in their natural language. Use People want to do business with people that sound like them, talk like them, act like them. They, they're going to trust them, right? Trust them, like them. They're going to believe in them a little more. So use their actual keywords. One of the things we specialize is in is these keywords that you're already telling me or relevant to your environment, your situation, your location, all of that stuff. Anyways, I appreciate you telling me, talking with me over these few minutes. If I could show you how to, this is where the practice and the articulation comes into effect. 
And what you're going to, you know, draw another line, a big line, because there's going to be a fill in the blank here. This is what they're going to experience or net if they take action towards you. Okay. You know, one of the things that I specialize in is working with team leaders in the Midwest and throughout the, you know, North America and helping their business explode and expand. Anyways, if I could show you how to go from 200 closings to over 800, if you can execute on it and you're a good leader and you focus on all these other things, would that be worth a few minutes of your time to see how that could work for you and your, your agents? You know, so this formula can work, be worked in any different way. I'm just using it in generic situations. One of the things that we specialize in is working with first time home buyers, just like yourself. Anyways, if we could show you how to get into a home and match you with the program that's going to fit your uh, uh, credit score and your down payment with our love it or leave it guarantee. And if you absolutely don't love the home within the first you know, six months, we'll, we'll turn around and sell it for free. Would that be worth a few minutes of your time to see how these other uh, benefits in the home buyer advantage program could work for you and your family? You, like, so use it like that. And, and you know, I'm kind of just making stuff up, but you guys kind of understand it. One of the things I specialize is in is whatever relative to whatever you're trying to do, resolve or accomplish. You just got to be able to be competent enough and a real expert to execute on it and be able to articulate if they take you up on your offer to be able to, to tell them what they're, what they're going to experience, right? Have you guys ever watched commercials and they tell you all of the sun, you know, it's, it's raining, it's pouring, it's negative and all the side effects and everything. But if you take action, the sun will shine again and you're holding hands walking away with uh, your beautiful wife and, and everything's going to be fine, right? So it, it's the same thing, but being able to put that into a formula through active listening and making an offer. And you will be surprised by how many people you get in front of. Following up with follow up and data management should be this. It's called quad scripting. You should have a strategic follow-up. And if you're dripping homes on them that are relevant to what they're looking for, you can track buying and selling behavior through most CRMs. And so after the initial call and all the volume that you're doing, you should have strategic follow-up that is very optimized with video follow-up, short questions, whatever that's relevant to their activities and their behavior on the website, okay? Off of the Home Hunter Alert. Or you should be offering the solution with filling the lender, partner, co-marketing partners, bucket or funnel and, and helping them go through that, those processes to put them in a position to buy or get clear on credit score, debt to income ratio, green light, whatever it may be. Whether they use them or not, that service is open and then it's up for that lender to um, secure that business or not, right? And then being able to fill out um, a listing questionnaire, you know, and looking, you know, for listing appointments and, and, you know, filling out the listing questionnaire and the buyer consultation form and all of these things too. And those are the four things that we should be looking to do. But when most people talk about closing, they see it as a negative because it's about reading all these old, old coaches can scripts or whatever. If you use a formula off their natural language and what they're going to gain off of that as trusting you as their advisor and guiding them through and around these pit holes across the finish line, like you're going to see a lot of people take you off up on your, your uh, offer, but closed mouths don't get fed, but it's just not in the, in the prospecting. It's in the active listening. It's in letting them talk, let them build rapport and then make an offer to them through the formula. And that, that, that is how you're going to get in front of more qualified people, not just the people that need help right now or service right now, but how do you get in front of people that are in higher tax brackets? How do you up your average sales price? 
right? Through active listenings and offers and differentiating yourself is going to be important. So one of the things I specialize is in, draw a big blank. Anyways, if I can show you how to draw a big blank, it's not going to be worth a few minutes every time. Hopefully you guys got that or hit me up and I'll get that over to you guys. Love it. Great stuff, Adam. Um, hey, let's let's uh, let's wrap up here to respect everybody's time. So there's a few more points I wanted to go over. I'll go through them quickly. Um, maybe we can run this back and do another one, um, depending on what our schedules look like. But we need yeah. to be able to. So as a team leader, it's your job to educate your community. So you need to be the go to resource for your market. So where I see people doing this wrong is they try to be salesy in education. Education is not sales. Education is informative. Education is designed to build trust. So be honest. Don't sell people shit while you're trying to educate them. Pick your lane and stay in that lane. Educate them with honesty and it builds trust or rapport over time. Don't educate while being salesy. They don't mix. Um, And when you do that, it's a law of reciprocity. Like you build that trust and rapport over time and you give into them and they come to you as the resource. You're going to win every single time. Contribution always wins. So just give them the real information, the real truth consistently over time, and then people will reach out to you. And a good strategy to do that, Matt, is through retargeting. So if people are, you need to make your website sticky and the web and the way to execute, I'll give you guys, you know, as Matt hits these points, you need to have live chat on your website where people can come and actually chat with a live person on your website to build that trust and to be that trusted advisor that Matt is talking about with the consumer. But if you pay for a lead to come to your website one time and you pay for that conversion, you want them coming back and looking at you as a, like as a resource and Matt, you've spent a lot of money and how well is retargeting paid off with video and being able to articulate that message in different forms without being selly, but through the education of those videos to get them to trust your brand. And so retargeting in the live chat are good ways to execute on what you're talking about. 1000%. 1000%. And it's it's so much bigger than you even realize. You can't track it all because what it does is it builds trust and rapport with people in your database. And now when your ISA, your agents are calling to follow up, now they're more ready and they tr- you've built that brand awareness and that trust and that education over time without you even knowing it because you've been retargeting and sending those valuable information over time. And so what happens is now the ISAs, your agents have easier conversations, set more appointments, all because you educated them over a period of time. Um, next thing, education. Also, you need to educate and prepare your agents. It's part of what we're doing here is make sure you stay ahead. They need to know what's going on in the market. They need to know what scripts and dialogues to use. They need to know what they need to know in the market shift. If you're a team leader, you have agents underneath you. It is your responsibility to set them up for success. And if you don't want that responsibility, get the hell out of the business because it's your responsibility to set them up for success. And you have to own that and you have to be out in front of that. So educate them and make sure they understand what is going on in the market and what strategies are needed for them to win. They trust you to support their family. Make sure you actually um, follow through on what they trust you for. So what's a, so what's a way to execute on that? Morning huddles, morning role plays, weekly uh, uh, meetings, um, you know, doing call nights with them together, jumping on the phones with them doing one-on-ones, getting back to the basics of developing your people. You can have all the systems in the world or delegate, but if you don't have the talent to run those systems, it doesn't matter. And so there's some some executable items. And and all that too is it, that leads by example, like jumping in and making calls with them, being a part of role play, being a part of call nights, being a part of all that stuff to add value to them. It's also important to just get back to the basics, right? Um, how many of us got away from buyers consultations whenever it was the easy market? You should be doing a consultation with every buyer. Part of that is the education process. 
when they're educated, they make they make uh, decisions quicker and it's easier for them to understand the value you are providing. So get back to the basics. One of those would be make sure you're doing buyer huddles. Make sure you're, you send your agents uh, market data. So you guys as a team are sending the same message to your entire database whenever they're meeting them and educating them in, in the buyer and seller consultations. Without a doubt. And you don't have to meet these people face to face. This is what I learned with Kansas City when we were shifting uh, to a different market and, you know, homes were selling quickly before they could get there to a consultation, right? We have all been conditioned to use Zoom, to click a link, to jump on this, a face-to-face webinar, right? And so when you hit them with one of the things I specialize in, and if they take you up on your offer, hey, like, do you have 15 minutes right now? Do you have 25, 30 minutes right now? I can send you a link and go over this stuff with you. You can send for digital signatures. You can meet them still at the property. You don't have to do it. You know, set, you don't have to have a two-step process with it. You don't. Some of these people will be like, yeah, I'm free right now. Send it to me. Yeah, 15 minutes, 20. Great. I can burn through what differentiates us, what you should expect with our next logical steps and core processes. And do we feel like we're a good fit? And, you know, like give me 1% of your trust and I'll earn the other 99%. I'm going to send over agency. You can fire me at any time. Shake hands, walk away like adults. We can get out and see houses tonight. Like th- like keep it simple with that stuff. But you like getting back to, you know that they're committed to you and vice versa. I love that stuff, Matt. 100%. Um, and to, to wrap this up, the two, there's two factors I've been preaching to my team for the last 90 days. There's two things that are going to win. Two things that everybody can do that's going to win in this market. It's the action you take and the skills that you build. The best thing about those two is no matter what happens to the market, those are in your control. You can control the action you can take. You take. You control your discipline. You can control how much better your skills are, how much more efficient you are with that action you're taking. But I feel like a lot of agents have gotten away from those two things. And that's, I, love, that's, I love it. And I and here's what I would say: I agree with Matt hundred and ten percent. And when I boil it down to that, it comes down to this: there's going to be a lot of complaining. There's going to be a lot of opinions. And there's going to be people that are fixed minded and the people that have a growth mindset are going to win. And you have to stay a student. You know why I love Matt so much is because he is a student of the game operate operating at whichever level he's been in that I've been able to be blessed of knowing this guy and being in business with him. And so you don't stop learning, right? And you have to keep applying yourself with a growth mindset and a positive attitude and be the light when everyone else is turning theirs off. And your light is going to shine bigger and brighter and better. And then a breakthrough will happen and we will know who's standing at the end. But it's going to take a growth mindset, a student. I've coached with almost every single person in the game. And people are like, how do you know this and that? I took nuggets from each one of them. I study outside the industry. I study psychology. I study sales. I study marketing. I just didn't listen to my brokerage or real estate people. So stay the student, stay positive and stay in that growth mindset. And I promise you, you will continuously grow and you'll be standing there at the end like, wow, I'm doing a lot more than what I thought I was doing just a couple of years ago. And it wasn't that bad. Yep. A thousand percent. Leah, do you have any closing words for everybody? No, um, but I hope everybody prospers through the market shift and hopefully we can hop on here and, and do this again. I know I got some information out of it. I have agents that are on here that we've been texting back and forth in our group and they're grabbing some nuggets from it too. So I appreciate you guys for letting me be on and um, I hope everybody 
you know, well, we're so. on here because of you. So we appreciate you bringing up the idea. So. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff. You, you put all this together. So thank you. Um, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Give me two minutes. It's a tale of three agents. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself there as a real estate agent. You're going to be one of these three. The first agent is going to be out of the business. They're not going to pay their dues. They're no longer going to be an agent. You ask them why they're going to say, well, the market shifted. Interest rates went up. It just wasn't for me. I couldn't make, nobody can make it in this market, right? They have every excuse. Agent number two, agent number two at the end of this year is going to be the agent that says, wow, I survived. I didn't make very much money, but I was able to pay my dues and I survived. And you ask them, how come they didn't do better? They're going to say, well, the market shifted. How could I do better? Right? They're going to have the same excuses. Then there's going to be agent number three. Agent number three is going to have their best year ever. They're going to use this as an opportunity. They're going to look back on this year as the year that their life, their business, their family life changed forever because of the actions they took this year. And you ask them why? Well, the market shifted. I took advantage of it. Which agent are you going to be? Love it. I love it. We all have a choice. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all the attendees. Um, and uh, we'll send out the resources later. Adam, Leah, thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. If you found anything this valuable, please share this with your friends. All or Nothing in Real Estate is a passion project of mine. This business has done so much for me and my family, and this is my way to give back. I'm also a real estate coach with Cheplak Select Coaching. So if you are interested in having a coaching consultation with me, please check out the link below. All or Nothing in Real Estate is not just a podcast. It is a movement. It is a community of contribution that is single-handedly designed to help change the real estate community in a positive way. So make sure you're following us on all social social platforms and subscribe to us on YouTube. Most importantly, make sure you've requested to join All or Nothing in Real Estate's private Facebook group. That is a private group that we keep in exclusive content and we do it in a private setting to make sure it remains a community of contribution. There's a lot of great in-depth content there for free. So please make sure you join that group as well. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you found this of value, please share this with your friends. It is my goal to give back and contribute to make this industry better for all of us. Thanks again.